Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm sitting here with Mr. Austin. Tell me your last name because I'll uh, destroy it. Yeah, no, no worries, no worries. Palacios. Palacios. Yeah, so right. it, it it sounds a lot of different ways. Uh, I, I mean, in high school, I was known as pistachio. Pistachio. <laughs> because that was the only way they knew how to pronounce it. But uh, Greek origins, but families from Mexico, the other half's from Spain. So oh, okay. uh, a lot of... A lot of people coming over. Technically, I'm a first generation, but if you did the math, I guess I'm like a generation and a half. I right, don't know. right, right. Yeah. How cool. How cool. Well, um, you came in here looking for some relief for, for a right arm, uh, for, a, for a bicep problem, and uh, we started talking, and come to find out you got a 67... Ford F100. That's so we it. were fast friends. Exactly. Right off the bat, you yeah. Know? No, I, t- so I told cool. my wife, I was like, by the way, I know who drives the Continental, and I found my new best friend. <laughs> right. By right. the way, <laughs> sitting next to the old 67 Lincoln. Oh, my oh, goodness. Perfect. perfect. Best yeah, friends. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, we, we do this podcast just talking about the, you know, the, the common man, you know, the, the, the blue collar guy, what's next for us, you know, and, and when I was young, Growing up in uh, you know Michigan, there was everything was related to the car industry. Everything yeah, was manufacturing, Ohio, mm-hmm. Illinois, you know, and it just seems like all the manufacturing is kind of dried up and gone. So it's nice to sit down and talk with somebody that's also blue collar like myself, yeah, uh, civil servant, and, most definitely and looking at America, going, what's going on? And you and know? that's the amazing thing is, uh, you know, one of my coworkers the other day he walked up to me apropos of nothing and said. You know, uh, well, he was talking about something completely different. He was talking about how there's no crab season uh, in in Monterey this oh, okay. year. That, that was his gripe. But he went, hey, man, what's next? <laughs> and I went, and he knew nothing about the podcast really? or anything like that. And I went, what is next? What and is he next? goes, well, what are we going to do? I mean, he's a, he's a technician, a mechanic, if uh-huh, you will, sure. at Mercedes-Benz. Right. And he's literally looking at his next step and... To see the actual, like, uh, you know, kind of fear in his eyes right. that what is next for him, his three kids, his ex-wife, his new dog. It's it's super interesting to see how worried people really are, but we just keep pushing through the day-to-day because just keep the wheel turning. Right. We're, we're going to make it happen. Exactly. And, I mean, like we were talking about before the cameras even turned on, the supply chain is wild right it's crazy. now. It's right. it's one of those like, okay, so there's somebody working on this, right? right? right. Somewhere there's, right. there's somebody that has a plan for this because yeah, what was on the news? There were a bunch of tank or a bunch of uh, um, ships sitting outside of L.A. and 159 you know. of them. Are there really 159? Uh, so, so the last count I heard, holy cow! And uh, the harbor master for the Long Beach port said that pre-COVID uh, pandemic shutdown, whatever you want to call it, he said that uh, the the rotating amount that they had the most of was two. Really? Yeah. And, and what I've heard is the uh, Chinese and uh, those ships are just dropping off and leaving. They're not reloading. They make so much more money bringing it here. Right. They might as well just run home empty. Yeah. And Instead and you think of the waiting. thousands of dollars they're spending on just empty gas right, getting back, right. but they're dropping stuff off. And our goods aren't being shipped out at all, right? If that's the truth, you know. Yeah, that, and that is the truth. And you know? and you know, working for a 
international company like I do, mm. you know, you see the parts coming from other countries sure. that just, you know, uh, they're, uh, for example, there's tires, mm. tires that come from Italy, come from Germany, wherever they come mm. from. And we have a notice on our computer. Hey, you know, we'll get a call from a customer or on behalf of the customer. And it's, uh, Hey, where are these tires? They, they've been waiting a few months for their tires. Mm-hmm. Now they're really bald going, <laughs> right. going into the winter season here. And we have to Can't say, put it off any longer. Right. Cannot <laughs> put it off any longer. And we have to tell them they're sitting in a port somewhere off the East coast. Once those get unloaded, then they get loaded on a truck and have, you know, that long of a drive. And right. it's, I think everybody took the supply chain and the Amazon two day shipping yeah. for, you know, that, that was used to it. Didn't they? That was Got the new normal. Spoiled, yeah. Right? Yeah. That was the new normal. And everyone like thinks that everything just does it like right, that now. And, right. and we're going to have to adjust or, right. or something needs to be fixed. That's or for maybe sure. Maybe we start manufacturing here in the States. To get get out of here that's with a crazy that. Idea. That's, that's good. I, I don't even know who would think about that. <laughs> That would be expensive. Do you know how much it would cost for dot, dot, dot? Oh, if shipping companies wouldn't make any money, you know, I don't know. You'd have to pay fair wages. Get out of here with that. Oh, my goodness. Right. We don't allow children to to build phones and stuff in this country. I don't know what we would do. I know. It's just rude. Well, and I, I feel like I, I should give a little bit of background so I, I just don't sound like some, you know, right. y- young guy popping off my mouth like I think I know right. everything. I definitely don't. But well, tell, I, me, tell me about where'd you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in the Bay Area. Did you? Okay. Uh, yeah. Bay I, Area I, meaning San Francisco? Uh, yeah, e- East Bay. So okay. uh, San Ramon and then at some point moved to Danville, which... Uh, I'm sure I, I'm sure some of your listeners will, but it's <laughs> it's a super affluent area, oh, and okay. and uh, my folks, you know, my dad started a Mexican restaurant right. in the area, and we moved over the hill. We made it, man. Ooh, and moving on up, yeah, moving on up, <laughs> and you know, the big house with the big driveway and Ooh, the pool and right, everything. Right. But you know, it never. It, it never equated to happiness for uh-huh. anybody. It, it was just another thing that we did. Right. And, um, and so I, I knew I never wanted to work the hours that he worked right? because it was gone all the time. It was this perpetual cycle of, you know, uh, what I'm going to miss this because of this at the restaurant or because of oh, this at I the see. bar. Right, right. And so I decided I'm never going to do that. Yeah. So I started my own detailing company, okay. which that's not a smart idea. For automobiles. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Right. Yeah. Automobiles. And, uh, I did a few boats in there, which I, at that time had never been on, on a really boat before, right. but, um, fiberglass but, and it yeah, shines. Yeah. By God, like turn me loose. Hey, right. that, that's fine. <laughs> I can figure out what that thing needs. Right. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, start my own detailing company kind of still worked for my parents at the restaurant. Right. And um, I, I did that for a long time and then moved to Southern California, left the detailing business behind because in California, it's super hard to be a mobile detailer and not pay a bunch of fees and a bunch of insurance for EPA regulations. Oh, okay. So 
Because it, of what's coming off. Yeah, exactly. Oh, if okay. I'm if I'm if I'm washing your Lincoln and all it is is soap and road grime coming mm-hmm. off of it, but because there could be oil mixed in there, if I clean the undercarriage or whatever, right. there is that regulation that everything needs to be stopped and you gotta you gotta reclaim the water and it's gotta be recycled in a certain way, which oh, I, yeah, I, mercy. I I agree. Yeah, uh, you know, if you're if you're cleaning the underside of a, a grease barn, that's fine. Well, you know, I've heard about that type of thing when they're taking lead-based paint off the side of a out of a house. Oh my god! And it's just you know, it's just scraping and scraping and scraping and and hopefully and, wearing a rebreather. Well, and yeah, and they have to have tarps everywhere so they mm-hmm. can roll that all up and the EPA can you know it's a it's a process. Yeah. But oh, washing yeah. the car, I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's it's one of those things like. Meet me in the middle. It right. doesn't. It doesn't need to yeah, be yeah. this hard, right. but it doesn't need to be that easy. So, <laughs> right. but it, it just made making a dollar was really hard. Right. So, moved to Southern California with stars in my eyes. Mm. I I thought I was going to be the next stand up comedian that sure, was going right. to get a movie, <laughs> and I had five minutes that were really good on stage. Did you I, really? Yeah, and I, I I played with some great guys. Really, and some some. Names that you would recognize, but it was such a cutthroat business and such a weird, like, you know, dog eat dog. Nowadays, I I have a buddy that's still in it. Nowadays, it's a, it's almost like podcasting. It's a brotherly community. Right. You make sense. You you know, uh, high tide rises all boats, you know, or raises all boats, pardon me. But it's one of those things now. But then it was you're taking my stage time. Yeah. You're taking my laughs. Like there are a finite amount of laughs in exactly. one evening. So, right. um, got out of that, did a bunch of dumb minimum wage jobs, sure, right. uh, Disneyland Woo-hoo. ride operator, parade float driver. <laughs> that was a good time. No kidding. Um, and I, I worked a bunch of blue collar stuff in there too. Uh, Started as a welder's apprentice and a body work guy, did, did, did uh, automotive body work, and ended up going back to the family restaurant at some sure, point right. because they needed some help, and but they, they could barely pay for it. I, I, I grew up in my dad's lumber company. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, Whole yeah. A lot yeah. of weed whipping. And all. We, we were there early. <laughs> we stayed late, and we never made overtime, right, brother. Right, did everything that you didn't want to pay somebody else to do. Oh, right? ex- for sure. <laughs> Who wants to clean that evacuation? Oh, exactly. Oh, what a nightmare. Right. But um, then I, I decided to dedicate myself to college again, and I went into post-Reconstruction American history. So, wow. uh, yeah, 1886 to kind of current-ish times. Right. To using your comedy skits, maybe? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, there, there is a lot of I'm comedy in there. There's a lot of I went comedy. Through, was it last night or the night before I went to see Bill Burr? Oh, that's right. You were telling Amazing me about that. Show. Yeah, we yeah, we at some point have to get back to that because right. I I want to hear that. He's a funny story. dude. Oh my He's god, a funny dude. Just uh, just his insight. Yeah, well, it's crazy. It, it is the insight right, that we're right. all that we're all kind of looking for. Oh, exactly. And when when we sit and talk like this, you, you know, usually there's not cameras and microphones. Sure, right. Yeah, and so everything that we're saying just goes into the ether. Exactly. But, you know. He, he has his standpoint and we have ours and right. having 
a platform to where you can at least get heard by a few people, <laughs> at least lets it off your mind right. because it's like, oh man, my wife and I are never going to be able to afford a house in California, are we? Huh? Well, what happens if, what happens if, and then you start falling down that rabbit right. hole and you just got everything stuck in your head. Right, right. And just the insight, just as, you know, and, and I, I love that about comedians, the smart comedians, you know, because one thing that just, uh, he was saying, uh, he was talking to the ladies, you know how he is. He's so funny, you know. And he's like, first of all, you outnumber us. <laughs> and he says, like, time after time, studies show that you guys are so much smarter than us. Why? Right. Why put you in the position that put you in, you know? And well, one lady will yell out, because we can't get along with each other. He's like, exactly. Right, right. And <laughs> it's just the insight. It's just so funny. You and, think uh, of that. Yeah, no, it's it's the insight for sure. Right. And smart. And, you know, um, history was a history teacher or, I don't know, work for the History Channel? What, what, what do you do with... Good point. You know, what teach. do you do? What, yeah, teach. Teach or work at the History Channel or, or something like that. Or just know a whole lot of random shit. <laughs> Let me tell you about the Nixon administration. <laughs> I know, right? I, I mean, I have opinions, but it doesn't mean anything because... At the right. time, at that time, I was a 26 year old kid walking around going, "Do you know what the CIA was doing during the Kennedy assassination?" <laughs> Come on, man. 2021. No, nobody's like who? No, yeah. No, no. Well, and the people uh, that were uh, my age had no fucks to give about right. that. I'm, right. Can we can we swear on this thing? Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They they could care absolutely right. less. <laughs> hey, man. Did, did did you know what he was doing? Like right, right before he signed. Okay. Okay, buddy. So end up bartending the entire time I'm going to college. Did get, you? get myself back into debt, right. which is super fun to do. Sure, right. And then it was, again, move back to the family restaurant, help them out, ditch it again. Yeah. And, uh, and then I went to the fire academy. Okay. Because uh, one of my best friends, still his best friend, shout out Pete, um, he he's in he's in the army and I I watched him strive to be the best and I went yeah. man I I don't have I don't have that amount of determination in me but I have a little bit so I went all right I always wanted to be a firefighter this is my one life I get to live so let's uh, let's try to be a firefighter so I went to uh, a huge fire academy in southern california I was the youngest, uh, let's see, youngest certified arson investigator in California history for some time there. I don't oh. know if I don't know if somebody took the yeah, title right, yeah, right. at some point, but um, so graduate gratifying. Yeah, yeah, right, it was super cool. gratifying. Yeah. I was I was in classes with sure. like fifty year old lieutenants. Yeah, like, right what are you doing here, son? <laughs> like sitting sit, one one guy was chewing an unlit cigar, and I was like. That's, that's that's where me. I want to be. Yeah, we're we're gonna be <laughs> there one years. day, buddy. And uh, and I graduated, and I did the math, and uh, I was working uh, for a fire department in the Bay Area. I'm not gonna name them. Um, hide my tattoo. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I got hired as a uh, marina inspector and fire inspector. Mm -hmm. And when you do the math for the insurance because, uh, you know, you have to pay the insurance to be a, uh, EMT or a paramedic or whatever they may designate you as. Really? And so, um, 
if I did the math, I was making six eighty five an hour, and wow. I was working double overtime or, pardon me, double overnight graveyard shifts. So for a good three years there, I didn't have much of a life. I didn't. Right. I, I didn't see the sun a lot. Pretty much it on was, call all the time. Yeah, yeah, it was just and and the drive killed me, man. It was because mm. I lived in Concord, and this place was, you know, it, near San Francisco. So it was. Uh, an hour and a half ish, but a lot of the times it would, you know, if there one night there was a Giants game and one night at on the same night there was something at the Cow Palace, and it took me two hours and forty five minutes to get to work. Oh jeez! And it's like you get there, you're chastised for missing roll call, right? And at the same time, you still have fourteen hours ahead of you. So yeah, six bucks an hour, you just spent about fifty dollars in gas to get there. Oh man, you're telling <laughs> you're me, like, man, and come it's on, like, it's like killing me uh, being, being a civil servant right now is really great. <laughs> brutal, and, yeah. And it's like I I wanted so bad to serve my country, uh-huh. and all I wanted was the house with a two car garage, a white picket fence, a couple of dogs, and that's it, right. man. The American but dream. I'm the not Ameri- asking the, for a whole lot. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, it uh my my grandfather owned a Buick dealership in the 60s, wow. uh or in the late 60s and on through the 80s. And there were, you know, uh the, there were guys that swept the floor that had uh, they they bought apartments in San Francisco and paid for parking and drove a new Buick mm. and they were proud. You bet to to pay that guy his right. amount to keep those marble shore, floors shining. Right, right. And now if I told a company that I want you know a three bedroom house with a two car garage and a white picket fence, right. they'd be like, "All right, so when are you gonna?" get enough classes to become a CEO or right. w- w- one of the yeah, guys that right. wears a tie every day Just to have a basic home. Oh my God. You know, it's, it, it, and it's, it, it's running in circles just to keep an apartment right now with two people working. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt with, you know, and everything just, uh, I don't know, like we keep going back to manufacturing and that kind of thing. You know, it's like, how are us, how are us middle people, uh, for, in, for instance, my grandpa worked for GM all of his life. God bless after, it. After he got back from World War II, stormed the beaches, you know, he did his part. He, the American dream, right Truly, there. right, you know, and came back, got a job at GM, drove a forklift at the receiving dock for 35 years, you know, and then we retired. He Dro- had, drove that route every day, all day on oh, those docks. I bet he did, man, you know. But he, guess what? He, he had a living in a house. knack. You know, oh, oh, I'm sure. His neck was stuck. I don't know from military or from you know from just working his. He needed ass some of that massage therapy. Is what he needed. There you go. <laughs> but you know, he got he retired with a pension. You know, and he retired with all the medical and all that. He had a little. You're, you're a, gonna have to spell out that word pension for me. I don't know what that means. He had a double <laughs> wide up in a beautiful park up in Grand Rapids. He had a double wide down in Fort Myers, Florida. You know, so he could snowbird it back and forth. Wait, you two, know? two houses? Yeah, uh, I mean, they were double wides, you know, but, but, but they were beautiful. If you, if you offered me one double wide right uh, now, yeah. I'd I'd say, where do I sign? And exactly. yes, sir. Even, it's, even working for a living right now, how could you afford a double wide on the lot payment, on the plus the interest rate you'd have to pay? And it's, plus, it's insane. I mean, all it's... I don't want to work that hard. It's, it's, it's sad to see the generation... 
uh, of, of guys that I'm working with. Cause there's a lot of them between 22 and 30 years old. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a little older sure. than that. I'm right. going to be 34 this year. 35. Oh, youngster. So, yeah, <laughs> youngster with a lot of, a lot, lot, lot of experience, a lot of issues, but these younger guys, instead of having that, you know, weird bright eyed, bushy tailed look to them, they're already beleaguered and kind of beaten and going like beaten down. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I got, I got the motorcycle, but I think I'm gonna have to sell it. But you know, right. I, we, we got this apartment, which is good for right now, but we're month to month. So who knows when, when they're going to raise the rates right. and it's like, wait, but you're working 50 hours a week, bud. Right. For a good company. But do you ask them what they're working for? They don't have a clue. No. They're, they and don't they, know what they're even working for. No, no, no. And, they have and, no direction. They have no, uh, I don't know, not a purpose. They have a purpose, but they don't have like a... But, but the purpose isn't the, meaningful. The, I the think that's the thing. at the, the end thing. of the tunnel. They don't see where they want to be. Well, and... They're just trying to get through today. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, you know, Friday's payday, right, so we're going to have right. that, and then... You know, I'll blow it on some motorcycle parts, and then, parts and then I'll be happy. And then, yeah, I'll be happy for 15 minutes. Right. And then Monday we start over again, start right? Over again, right. But it's like because there is no end game, because there's no long term right. for right. this generation. It's like, yeah, you know what? I I am gonna smoke a lot of pot, and I right. am exactly. I, I you know when five comes, I turn the phone off so the boss doesn't talk to me, and and when I clock out i hopefully never think about the job again because when i get there that's all i have to do it's right. it's a singular activity for a means to an end mm-hmm. and i think my even even my parents i mean born in 38 and 51 sorry mom um <laughs> but you know uh even for them they got to work a job right it was uh, if you ask them a hundred hours a week, but it was really closer to 50 or 55, but every year the, it goes up a little more. Right. Right. Hours. Oh, you, you kids have it easy these days. I walk uphill both ways. But the, you know, they, they got to drive a loner Buick that was brand new and they right. had, they had a, a house with, you know, multiple kids and it had a big backyard and it, the, the luxury that my generation won't get to see. Right, right. And, uh, I mean, unless one of my buddies invents an app or, right, yes. you know, starts becoming a software engineer or something like that, I have no idea what's going to go on. Right. It'll, it's, it's, you never know what's going to take off. And there's a whole new set of rules nowadays to music, oh. to work, to, you know, everything. Well, and, and that's the thing is, is the what can take off it might be the pet rock again. True. You, you never know. Yeah. But it also could be this no new crypto, you know, cryptocurrency sure. that is named, you know, kielbasa right. and, and you got to invest at 0.0004% per right. share. You'd never be able to invent that. You just have to get it, get in on it and exactly. buy a little bit of it. You know? And, but and even, even too. then you're, you're working, on somebody else's project. Right. You don't have exactly. your own business. You don't mm-hmm. have your own, you know, your own shop, your own fabrication business. Right. You know, it, if at 18, there would have been a guy that would have grabbed me out of my high school auto shop class and said, Hey man, come here. We're going to teach you how to cast, you know, fire sprinklers. 
Right. That's what we're going to teach you how to do. Right. And you are going to do that 40 hours a week for the rest of your life. In the end, you get a gold watch. But in the interim, you can have the house. You can have the truck and maybe a little project car on the side. Mm Mm-hmm. And the... That Just take pride and make the best damn sprinklers yeah. that you can make. Yeah. Man. And, and, and you we'll know never what? Never have a problem. And never, yeah. It, it, be flawless sprinklers. Right. Yeah, that'll be my new business. <laughs> flawless sprinklers. But uh, you're all wet. <laughs> hey. But I'm, I'm, we, <laughs> oh, do, do we got it? Do we have the cut? <laughs> there we go. There we go. No, but I mean, it, if if you would have told me at 18 that that was a thing, I would have signed the paperwork right there, man. Sure, because, right. you know, paying 1600 bucks for right. a studio apartment in San Diego while I was bartending and trying to go to college for what reason? I have no idea anymore right. because I, I have a few degrees laying around. Mm-hmm. Nobody asks about them. Nobody, nobody asks to see them. Nobody makes near as much money as the bartender, though. No. Holy no, no, no. cow. Uh, I, well, At least you have that skill, because that's a moneymaker, bro. The big time. But <laughs> but see, you're you're selling something else, though. You're selling a little bit of your soul every yeah, time. Right. Because I have served, this is nothing to be proud of, but it's, it's, it's a marker, and I want people to know it. I've served multiple people their last drinks. Really? Yeah. Multiple people. And like the, the third or fourth time that you get a detective coming in going, Hey, this guy had this happen. And you know, this guy had this happen or, you know, it's, it's one of those where it's like, Oh, you, you are selling a little bit of death. You are selling a little bit, uh, not to sound too dramatic, but I mean, I never saw those people again, but oh. I, I, I went to their wakes. I went to their funerals. Did you really? And yeah. That's a little too invested, bro. Uh, they paid for it. Th- no, no, buy the ticket, take the ride. Exactly. I, I fully agree with that. Right. But at the same time, it's like, maybe I could have had that conversation right. rather than just grabbing the tip and being like, Hey man, all right. right. I'll see you next time, brother. <laughs> like, or you not, know, or not, or not. And you know, I, being a bartender, you get to play a character. Sure. You get to be the the fun guy that yeah, everybody wants to right. be. And then you take everybody's money and you go home right. and, you know, eat your cold pizza and, exactly. and wake up at noon. But but, but it's, it, it is a sad business in that way. Sure. And, and the, you know, uh, but the skill set doesn't go away. Yes, that's right. true. I, right. if, if I could, I'd make you a great margarita right now. Yeah. But... Right. I'll, I'll, I'll make you a virgin. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but but it, it's... Uh, I bounced in a bar for a, through the 80s, you know. You? I was a bouncer. A little tiny guy. Yeah, I know. I got roughed around <laughs> quite a bit, you know. But, uh, yeah, and being sober, you know... Did I, you like, just pick people up by one hand? Yeah, you just get them around the neck and their feet dangling, you know. And then they're kind of give up real quick. I, I shake your hand and my feet are dangling. Jimmy <laughs> Christmas. But, uh, yeah, you know, you see, you see that in the bar. You see all the regulars that are in and out. You know, I've been, you know, I've been sober since 85. I wouldn't, you know. Congratulations, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Um, something, you know, to do to save your own life. Not everybody has the same afflictions, but the ones that do, 
really should get off the wagon or get uh, on the wagon. Get, get on the wagon, yeah. <laughs> hey, my, my Uncle Dave passed away at 46 years old, but he was on the wagon for nine months before that, and he was the happiest he'd ever been in his really? entire life. Yes. Really? Did he fall off the wagon and die or something? No, no, or no. Or he he had um, a massive heart attack from, from uh, a the really— The stress that hit him after <laughs> reality came and well, he started— he, he had a great, 1980, or great 1970s, a really good 1980s, <laughs> and then a pretty good 1990s, too, so— he he had a lot of issues. Uh, much love, Uncle Dave, wearing yeah. his wearing, wearing his cross right now. But uh, yeah, it, you know some some people are meant for water skiing, right? And you don't look at that and be like, well, right. I, I don't think I, I don't think you're good for water skiing. You know, yeah. it, it's right. it's a it is an affliction, like you said, right. or it's a it's a turn that some people take, and right. you know, it works or it doesn't. And and seeing people kind of fall down the hill while right. while you're on the other side of the yeah. bottle pouring right, it for right. them. Yeah. That that in itself's a little right. bit of a mind screw to some where of the, some of the ladies that come in, they but just regulars are just coming in all the time, just getting wasted. And it's just like you can't say anything to them. No, well and and you you're know? you're hearing the story too. You're like Oh it's so oh, sad, my know? Yeah, my daughter won't talk to me anymore. Yeah, right. Oh, really? How old is she? Twelve. Oh, God. Oh, mercy. Yeah, that yeah. Must be, it's not the twelve-year-old. No, right, right. The, the <laughs> but tw- you can't say that. The twelve-year-old's making decisions, but you're also here at four fifty-nine for exactly. happy hour, and you're going to stay until close. For and sure. I know I'm calling you a cab at the end. Right. So. That is that. That's yeah. the part of the bar industry that I'm glad that I'm yeah, not a part a of anymore. That's for sure. Isn't but it? God, the money's good. I know, man. Oh. Those dudes that I used to watch them just rake oh, how, behind the bar. How many times since uh, you know the the local shutdowns have ended? Uh-huh. How many times I've been like, hey, honey, I could. I mean, four four six hour shifts a week. Nighttime, right. I'll be home at three right. after we count the money and wring out our socks. Oh, you know, <laughs> brutal, man. It's nasty. But the and that's the thing is you get addicted to that dollar amount. You get addicted to that money. Sure. That cash money tips at the end of the night too, tips. man. Every oh. single night, you know. And I was just a bouncer. I only got a small percentage of what the bartenders were. You know, hey, thanks for you know. Throw us like thirty bucks or something. One night like, in San man, Diego, you gave all of us thirty bucks. What did you go home with? <laughs> One night in San Diego, I walked out with six hundred and eighty-five dollars for a four-hour shift. They, they were like, "You're going to be the emergency guy. You come in." Booze. Oh man, it was murder. <laughs> and you know the the bar murder as you're raking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the 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 bar owners like poking me in the side going, Hey, you're doing a really got good job selling. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just doing what I would like to be doing right now. Yeah, right. And Oh man. Just partying. It, yeah. Just, just having a party. And you know, as, as much as bartending is one of those things that's kind of been a part of my life the entire time. I, I just wish there was another, Another skill set for the people of this generation that was, you know, um, looked at in such a regard to where you get that money. I mean, uh, you, you don't tip your mechanic. 
you know, that's, that's not right. norm, normal fare. Right. Um, you know, you, tip you, your massage therapist. Hey, amen to that. <laughs> tip your massage therapist. Uh, but, and you, you would tip your hairstylist, but sure. you know, you see your hairstylist once every three weeks to five weeks or whatever, longer for me because mm-hmm. the longer hair, but, right. um, you know, that bartender comes by with the next whiskey dropping a little bit more. Sure. It's every time you see the guy, Hey, good seeing you. Thanks for paying attention. Right. And you know, um, I've worked with a lot of guys that, uh, beautiful craftsmen, uh, uh, Justin Jade, uh, he, he's on Instagram here and he goes diving for his own Jade. No kidding. And, uh, I lived in the same duplex as him. So I would help him cut Jade Uh on occasion to make a few extra bucks. Right. And I'm, I'm not a gemologist. I'm, you know, I know nothing about semi-pressure stones, but he taught me the way to do it. And this guy literally has kind of, uh, you know, mortgaged his life off of this. I'm going to dive for Jade. I'm going to find it. I'm going to cut it into jewelry and I'm going to sell it to people. And it's this beautiful little, factory that he has in this little garage and you know he wakes up has his coffee does his thing gets it going and i went oh my god that's beautiful that's wonderful but he's still clawing you know it's it's not it's not like he has a jewelry store on main street where you know people are coming to see you know you'll see somebody post something up with their earrings or something like that and it's like, I look at him and I wish for so much more because, mm-hmm. you know, the the last few managers I've had have a tenth of the drive that this guy has. And this guy is slaving away 14, 16 hours a day, right. making jewelry for rich people. But enjoying it too. Enjoying the hell out of See, it. That's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the difference. Right. And, you know, uh, after... After the fire thing, uh, for me, just to turn it back to me for a minute. Um, but, but after the fire thing, um, I, I left. I, I decided that wasn't for me. You're going to see a theme here. Went back to the family business. No. Oh, I can't believe that. $16 an hour, no overtime. Thank you very much. Better um, than nothing, though. No. Oh, better than nothing. Yeah, I, I, I lived in a uh, house that was an hour away with five other guys oh, man. at like 25 years old. And that's, see, that's a perfect age though. Oh that's yeah. Great. It was, <sighs> it's a, it can be a pain in the ass. It was I a pain know. in the, Holy it was, God. it was a bit too of a pain in the ass, too many house. dudes. Yeah. And that, that's when I met my then girlfriend, now wife. And I can't believe she stuck around <laughs> to see all that nonsense. But, um, uh, I moved down here. She, she said, let's move in together. Let's let's do the thing. And I went, well, Monterey, Pacific Grove, Carmel area. This is beautiful. Yeah, I love this place. Let's see if I can do anything. Let's right, see if I can right. make anything happen. I sat on the mon- I sat on the couch for five months and she just would come home super supportive. Hey, something will happen. Don't worry. Right. Something will happen. 
And just feeling like a bigger, bigger oh, piece of shit every just single every day. day. I'm there with you, babe. Like, like, oh my God, somebody just shoot me. Hey, honey, I didn't start drinking <laughs> bourbon until 3.30 today. Can you imagine? Ooh, oh, no, look, honey, at, look, at, look huh? at you. And you did a load of laundry. Stop it, you're turning me out. Woo, look at you, boy. Oh, my goodness. Women are awesome. Oh women. yeah. Oh no. Uh, I I'm married to a saint and yeah. an angel, and God bless her for dealing with all my nonsense. And that's when I got a part of uh, a private car collection here in the area. And I'm talking about some of the rarest vehicles on oh, the face of this right. earth. Do pick, tell. Pick, oh boy. I. I wonder what the lawyers think that I can say right now. Um, flipping through, yeah, through the book. Up, man. So, um, so what I will say is uh, pick your top five uh, vintage cars of all time. Really? And they have probably two of them. Oh, okay. Right. Just his and hers. That, right. Or, you know, there, there'd be... Uh, one version that was the hard top and one top that one version that was the wow. convertible just because. Right. And I worked there for three years under a very well-known name uh, for motorsports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did vintage racing every year. We were at Pebble Beach, Quail, mm-hmm. all these things. And I was thinking about this, this podcast today and I, I had a story for you that's very specific. And uh, if your listeners don't know, uh, Pebble Beach Concourse is one of the largest uh, car shows of all time. If you don't know that. You don't yeah. know cars. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we were fielding not one, but four cars. Wow. So okay. uh, when I say we, there's a team of me. There was a team of me and two other guys. Like twenties cars or fifties cars. Uh, or so one what, of them, you... uh, one of them was in the twenties, and then sixties okay, so uh, the and seventies. Really? Yeah. Okay. So um, one of the one of the cars had uh, what are called knockoff wheels. Okay. So you literally need to take a hammer, and oh, there, there's that okay. big spinner sure. nut I thought you right meant in the they middle. Were like copies, but oh no, no I, I wish I wish were... I could say they were not. <laughs> Um, no. So, um, the, the car coming off the trailer has a, you know, bit of an accident and blows, blows the tire off the wheel or off the rim. Okay. So we have to change it before it goes onto the grass at Pebble beach. So I'm, I'm holding the piece of wood because we don't have the proper tool because we're idiots. And the poor guy that was driving, driving it while the tire popped, he's swinging, bam, bam, bam. And the, the hammer just gets close enough to the bodywork and just takes off probably about an inch and a half oh. of Corsa red paint <clears throat> and probably an eighth inch wide, just a little sliver right off it. Oh. I thought this man was going to start crying. And at the time I was the, I was the paint and detail guy oh, and, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I wore a million hats and, right. you know, we did, uh, I did race crewmen and I did a bunch of different stuff, engine building. But at this moment I went, don't worry. I got you. We're fine. Get the car on the grass. So I take off back for Carmel. I go find some touch up paint. Yeah. We had it for that car. No. Thank 
Christ <laughs> for a 1957. <laughs> and we had it. So, all right, run back. And in my hand, I'm walking around Pebble Beach with paintbrushes and a, <laughs> and, and a little tiny can of paint in my hand. Right. And I'm going, where, where did they park it? Where did they park it? Right. So we get the, I get there and I went, all right. Uh, the, the car was covered by uh, a big mylar sheet okay. because it was sprinkling in the morning. Right, right. And I went, hey, guys, just hang up this corner. Give me like a little kind of paint booth yeah. that I can sit here with and give me 15 minutes. Right. And I sit there and I do. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I did a damn good job. <laughs> and and I, I do it. And, you know, to to not let the paint drip, I'm using my hand and kind of rubbing off some of the excess paint and then just dabbing it very slowly in that little ridge. And, you know, I made a 19, (laughs) uh, you know. It wasn't a Lincoln Continental, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if it was your Lincoln, I would take that much care of it. Uh, But I I did that, and we we take off the, the Mylar, and it looks perfect from... If you looked right at it at a certain angle, you could kind of see where my work was. But from any direction, probably just from the chip itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So much of the and and from any angle, it looked pretty damn good. And the boss took home an award. Congratulations to him. (laughs) And um, we, I I didn't. uh, I got there at six a.m. Ran around. And at 7.45, I got a tap on my shoulder. Hey, you can go eat. Everybody else is done eating. Mm. So when all of the, 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 the paying attendees are done eating. Oh, I see. Right. The, the, you know, the, the little people. Minions. The minions can go eat. (laughs) Uh, I, I had a, I had a beer on site. That was, that was a big deal. They were like, Whoa, you you can have a beer. (laughs) And, uh, and I, I remember I, uh, I was walking out with my food, saw the boss man holding the trophy. Hey, sir, congratulations. Uh, Job well done. I don't. I don't know what to tell you now. Um, and and he went thanks, and and I went all right. Have a good one. And I wave at him with my left hand, uh-huh. and there's all those paint streaks uh-huh. on there, and um, and I didn't think anything of it. Right. And when that that was Sunday, we took we delivered the cars back to the place where they were stored, and I got home Monday morning about one a.m. So from being up at 5 a.m. to 1 a.m. the next Mm -hmm. day, super tired. At 8 a.m. that day, I got an email from my direct manager going, I don't know how you walked around with paint on your hand all day and didn't think to take it off. What were you thinking? (laughs) They were mad at you? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Not mad. They were incensed, man. Really? That I would have the audacity not to present myself as a, as a person that cared for their And this was a company that I I drove a race car that could buy multiple houses on the beach in Pacific Grove off of the Silomar. I could buy multiple houses with that one car, but 
when I asked for a 50 cent raise that previous year, it was like trying to pull gold out of a rock, man. Right. They always say that's why rich people are rich. Yeah. That's why rich people are rich and people hate them. Right. I mean, uh, I, I, uh, one of, one of this gent's kids got in a car accident and he, uh, he decided to talk to me instead. Right. Instead of going straight to straight to the pops right. because that was going to be a bunch of drama, right. I fixed him. That kid tipped me more in cash than the billionaire owner ever did. Sure, and right. I, I don't know if it's you know uh, you could say oh it's not his money yada yada. Well, the the guy's a recording artist. He right. actually has his own money. He doesn't sure. need it. He just didn't want to talk to his dad yeah. about a car accident. But it goes to my point <laughs> of. Um, how, how little is my skill set looked at mm-hmm. when you don't see the fact that I repaired your irreparable right. race car right. from the fifties, but all you see is the red paint on my Enough hands. Enough to where you won something. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's besides the point, sir. You know what you're, I'm saying? you're not seeing what they're you what, seeing. If you, they didn't win it because there was a scratch on it, and somebody tried to fix it. You'd have been out on the street. Right? Oh no, no, no! I would have been fired that day <laughs> That's what I'm rather saying. than four months down the road. Four months down the road. <laughs> well, you know, I, I at the same time, you know, I know a lot of people that really can't stand rich people. So when they start doing well in life, they end up starting to give everything away. Because they don't want to be that person that they hate so bad. But you have yeah. to understand, you know, it's not a crime to be rich. No, absolutely not. It's it's something that we need to look forward to and, and just ex, uh, expect it. it. You know, we have it, to it, work at it. And, you you know, well, it, I've it's, seen that it's, time and time again. People it's, just it's, hate, you hate rich people. Yeah, hating. You got to draw the line there, you know. No. I, the, I, I want to be that guy. I just won't right. be a freaking prick. No, and that's the thing you know? is that there are guys. If you go to the vintage races here mm-hmm. in Monterey, Laguna Seca Raceway, sure. shout out Salinas, California. Yeah, buddy. Um, you know that there are vintage racers out there, and instead of their big gargantuan car haulers with air conditioners and all this, there's a guy with an old Toyota pickup, and right. he's pulling an old MG, and his <laughs> exactly. wife's sitting there. And right. it's, and, and I, t- I talked to a guy, I went, Hey, so, uh, you know, he was in the stall next to us and sure. he asked for a wrench that I had. Sure. Here you go, pal. Right. And I went, so, um, what's your trade boss? What, you know, what do you do on, on normal days? Yeah. And, uh, he said, Oh, I was an investment banker for right. thir- 32 years exactly. or something like that. And I went, Oh, right. so you just like cruising around in old Toyota pickup trucks Basically, and MGs. And he, he didn't need to drive that old truck. No, he absolutely not. Pimped out. He he could have showed up with a full right? race trailer the just trailer, like everybody else did, right. but he chose to <clears throat> not flaunt it and just have his little MG. He could have had a Ferrari. You betcha. He could have had a Porsche, but he chose the even the car itself. Yeah, could have, even, yeah. even the car itself. Right. He chose an eighteen hundred CC little MG Sprite. That's correct. And you know. Blasting around at right. eighty-four miles an hour, the top speed of that little feller. <laughs> but he was super nice about it and, and happy, and happy. And right. every time I saw his wife, hey, you, it's real hot I out bet here. You their relationship was just 
oh, it's super, Amazing. super good. Right. And, and, you know, can I get you a water? Can sure, I get you anything? Right. And on the other hand, there were the rich folks there that wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think we need to, to discern hating rich people right, to hating right. dickish rich people. Yeah, I know, people. right? Crazy. Because if brother, if you're rich, I'm happy for you. I know that's it. But that's if it. but if I'm gonna go home and go, dang it, how did that guy get so rich? And I'm so stupid, I couldn't do it. <laughs> that's just human nature. That's just the way it goes. But I'm oh. not hating on you, dude. No, you know? no. But and and at some point, you look at him and you go, how did you get that right. rich? Who did you find yeah. and latch onto their coattails to get oh, as far as you did? I watched that. You know what's that guy's name that has that dirty jobs? Oh, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. He just, you know, some of his sweat, some sweat of his, equity, his insight, man. I'll tell you what, you know, he, he'll go out and talk to a guy that, um, you know, he has a business, a multi-million dollar business that does porta johns, right? And he's up to his chest and you know whatever. Oh. This guy's doing a you know a pig farmer, and he's up to his chest. Yeah. And the, you know, the the pig farmer is always a big Mike, one that we go back to. And Mike Rowe is like, do you think that this guy was a child thinking this is what I want to do for a living? Of course not. You know, he didn't live his dream. He fell into something and realized this is a money making deal, and he just went full hog on it. Pardon the pun. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and, and he made it, uh, you know, an amazing well, life for himself and, out of porta shitters. And that, that's a super good point because uh, a lot of my generation. Uh, that's what I was kind of getting to. A, a lot of my generation, uh, I want to say a good 35, 40 percent. Mm-hmm. Either it's the dream job. Right. Or I didn't make it. Right. It, there's there's no gray area. No there's between. it is that's a it damn is, shame. It's binary. It's a zero yes. or it's a one. Right. And right. I've had some dream jobs. Sure. And obviously through our conversation, I've had some shit jobs. <laughs> and how would you know the good one if you didn't have the shit one? Right. Oh man, alive. <laughs> and I said that the other day. Um, we'll, we'll get back to that point. There there was a kid at the car dealership I worked for. His dad is one of the managers. And during his time off school, he had to file paperwork. So just sit in this big empty room, file cabinets to the sky, and he's filing paperwork from the last like three years. Oh my God. And you know, he, the, the modern convenience, he's got his phone, he's, you know, throwing tweets out, Mm -hmm. he's got the music playing, but still a shit job, a really shit job. And I said, I'm glad he's doing that right? because a couple weeks of 10 hours a day doing that, he's going to love working at Jamba Juice. Right. He, anything will look good compared to exactly. sitting in a windowless sure, office right. filing shit. Right. And a lot of people in, in my circle couldn't understand it. Sure. And I went, well, you've never... You've never dug out right. footings with a coffee well, can, see, have you? <laughs> it sounds like your parents were a lot like mine. They put you to work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I know what work is. You know, I know what, you know, just, you know, in a lumber company, we're brushing out dogs. We're, you know, we're just all of the worst things in the world. Just in this day, if yeah. you say, I stood on my feet for 12 hours, right? everybody would go, well, did you, you know, yeah. every two hours you took a 15-minute exactly. break, right? No. Right. 
Of course, we, in Michigan, sometimes it's below zero, and you're standing out there trying to stack lumber. See, that's that's too much. Like, I'm that's out. Too much for me. I'm out. I'm out. I'm a tropical person. <laughs> oh, there's hockey in your. Oh yeah. Speaking of hockey, I was talking to you the other day, and you oh, gave boy. me the funniest story, man. You were went to a hockey game, you know, and uh, you had some people giving you shit because you were being inappropriate. I, culturally inappropriate I, for having a Mexican blanket. Or yeah, some yeah, kind of um, yeah. So, I just that's so funny. So, to me. so a little backstory. I I can never be comfortable at a hockey game. Right. I, I, it's sometimes the seats are too close to it's the ice. Did, you got it's, ice. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Sometimes you get the you're you're, you're rich enough to right. have the padded yeah. seats, or you get the plastic ones. Right. Who knows. And so I, I was just on the internet and I went, oh my God, just like a, um, a Clint Eastwood poncho blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Think of it like that. And I saw one in teal, white, and black. And I went, San Jose sharks, Sharks. baby. That's perfect. Boom, baby. And, and, you know, once a season they go by the Tiburones and, you know, the. The, they're they're the sharks in Spanish and they celebrate Spanish oh, I heritage. Oh, must be shark in Spanish. <laughs> exactly, oh, okay. exactly. And so, um, so I went. All right, I'll wear this. And obviously, I don't I don't look like a traditional Mexican human being. <laughs> and uh, and I'm I'm wearing this and I'm okay. walking an Italian wearing Spanish. Right, right, right. Uh, he should be wearing something else. Uh, and. And uh, and I'm I'm walking hand in hand with my wife, who's German and very pretty and very white looking, and <laughs> and I'm I'm standing in line for a hot dog and a beer, and this late lady walks by me, and <laughs> she goes, "I think that it's super insensitive that you're wearing that," <laughs> and I went. Excuse me? Like, I, th- I thought that I had something else on. I know, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm looking around like, uh, did, cross oh, or something? Did, did, yeah, did, did, uh, did I forgot to take off my yarmulke again? <laughs> and and I, I went, what? And she goes, that's cultural appropriation against Mexican people. And, <laughs> and like, n- now there's people looking. Now, now, now this is a thing. And I, like I, I had to prove it. So then I, I, I summoned my father's voice and and his accent, and I went, "My last name is Palacios. My family is from Monterrey, Mexico." And she went, "Yeah, uh, anyways," and and just kept walking. And so on top of getting no vindication, now I'm just standing in line with a bunch of people who she think I'm an care. asshole. She just no. wanted to abuse somebody. Yeah, yeah, What's and I mean. I've been in those relationships and I don't need any more of it. <laughs> no, just pile it up on top. <laughs> that's so funny. That's just that's perfect for but, nowadays. But it's it's like we were talking about before that. Uh, can we say drug blanket anymore? I mean, the drug rug. The drug rug. I mean, I, I was wearing that back in the early eighties. Right, and early eighties. That just meant you were a pot smoking freak. You yeah. Know? Nah, hell yeah. It had yeah. absolutely nothing to do with where it came from. No. I don't know, maybe. Well, I don't but, know, but but it's it's a style. It's a it's, style. It's man. a style. And it was cool, and it, it was warm in Michigan too. Yeah, you know? and I mean, when I lived in Southern California, from November to February, 
That's what you're, you're wearing. Rocking that thing. I mean, sure. you you keep your rainbow flip flops on. <laughs> you keep the board. <laughs> you keep the board shorts on, and you know the 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 drug rug is what right. keeps you toasty. Yeah. And by the way, there's a pocket for all your shit. Exactly. Uh, but I I just I don't understand how you can appropriate a clothing and at the same time try and celebrate something or someone right but also be putting them down it's like i think probably everything you're wearing is was made in china lady oh <laughs> or, 100% or, or uh, somewhere else or well and and we're we're both wearing levi jeans right now sure okay uh i'm pretty sure Mr. Levi wasn't American, no. right? So we're culture. I, I wish we had somebody to look this up, but I'm, See, I'm the sure. problem with this podcast. We don't have a Jamie to like, give, uh, give me some. <laughs> Jamie, look that up. Look that up. Will you? But, but I, I do, I'm, I'm sure he was Irish or English or something sure, like that. Right. He was, exactly. oh, he's one of those dirty Scots. And, right, and right. you know, we are all culturally appropriating yep. his denim exactly. because we wear it every day. How dare us? Or are we celebrating a good product that we believe in? Yeah. Well, it keeps getting worse and worse. So they keep throwing like elastic in it. And I don't know what the hell they're doing. With ah, the, just with stay with the 501s, man. man but, just uh, stay, stay with the 501s. 501s, they don't change those? Okay. Button fly, same right. cut every time. <laughs> God bless talking it. About. <laughs> so I get something like, wait, what? I don't even know. I, what I don't the, need this. I don't. Uh, but then when it comes around Thanksgiving time, you're like, actually, it's not a bad idea with the Where elastic. Where did I see those? <laughs> those <over. laughs> oh, cool. So you... I, I want to know a little bit more about you. So you started out on at your dad's lumber company, and I know at some point you got into framing and drywalling. Was it? I had I had a lot of drinking problems when I was a kid, so I took off, ran away at about sixteen, you know, and ended up in Texas. And uh, yeah, I always worked at my dad's lumber company before that. I you know worked in the uh, the arcade, dating myself, you know. Dude, but what a boom business! Holy cow! Holy right? cow! You you, t- you talk about bartenders and their and their oh, tips. Man, You're I'm talking about an you arcade owner and his quarters. Oh. I lied my ass off to get this job at 14 years old. I was man, I was handing out putters and sc- scooping ice cream and you know everything you could do. But yeah, once uh, once I found alcohol, man, the whole bottom fell out of that. Wheels came off the bus, so I headed for Texas and got a framing job and. Yeah, that's framing. Uh, yep. Yeah. So that's where I got sober and you know. So. Well, I'm glad you found that, man, because yeah, that, right. that's that's a huge deal. Huge. I, right. I I I work with a cat. Um I, I think you should too, you two should meet. Uh he has a lot to talk about as well. Yeah. Um and he's he's California sober. Uh it's, <laughs> What's it's that mean? high and dry, baby. <laughs> high and dry, baby. So he, he smokes a lot of pot but doesn't oh, touch right, booze. Right. So right. Yep, uh exactly. it's it's a term that I heard from uh, uh Greg Fitzsimmons and it's <laughs> it's it's pretty apt to a lot of people That's in this neighborhood. Perfect. High and dry, but well, you know, I try to go to the AA meetings sometimes. Good, good you for know, you. But yeah. it's, I never used them. I guess sometimes when I get into a new town and I just need to be around some of my own people and you're just getting flooded with everything's alcohol, you know, and it's like, I just need to be around my peeps you yeah. know, and go out there and, you know, talk a little bit. But boy, once they find out you're a pot smoker, you know, it's like, oh, you're not sober. It's like, 
you've never seen me drunk then. Oh, no, you have no idea what I was this like at that Black Sabbath con- nothing concert. nothing to do with no. marijuana. No, 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 no. Nothing. That's the, a whole separate thing. But the, to them, it's, you know, it's that it's that devil in sheep's clothing. He's going to lead you right back to the alcohol. No. And I... I've, you know, uh, been in the medical field, if you can call it that, and I've seen some of the greatest minds and greatest workers be just destroyed by vodka. Yeah. And I've seen some of the angriest, most violent people in the world just be completely placated by a little plant that... Every night when they get home, they take three puffs. Right. They have half a bowl of cereal. They pet their dog. They kiss right. their kid goodnight. Right. And, you know, l- right. l- listen to a little bit of Steely Dan and if go to bed. If you don't have that inner rage, if you don't have that thing that needs to be calmed, I get it, man. You know, pot's not for you. But oh, if yeah. you've got a if you've got something that's, you know, that's making you, you know, fired up and when you shouldn't be. The, these scars on my head were not, you know were, they, they were not from just friendly conversations. I can tell you that much. You know? And it, it's, it's like, yeah, you know, little Napoleon guy has something to prove sure. and a couple too many bourbons under his belt. Right, Rock right. and roll. Let's do it. Exactly. But. Now it's like, I don't, if it's the age or the weed or whatever it yeah. is, but it's like, eh, right. keep your opinion. I don't know what the 49ers are going to do this weekend. Never mind. Oh. And you just, you keep, you just keep moving. Right. And it's, it's no longer. I think it is though, aged. I just don't, I don't have that need to throw down anymore. You it, know? It, it smooths over the rock it a little sure bit, does, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Yeah. Oh man. I, Nothing to prove. And I got five grandkids. I got, you know, I've been, I don't, I don't. Five? Well, I got one on the way. Yeah. So it'll be five in a few months here. Congratulations. You don't look it. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Oh my gosh. So yeah. I mean, you know, you know, somebody wants to give you shit in the bar. It's just like, you just kind of smile at them. Like, yeah. Woo. You're cracking me up over here. (laughs) One guy, uh, this is not so recently, but not too far in the past. He, uh, he, you know, didn't agree with one of my jokes. Didn't agree with something I said. I. It's a comedian thing. Yeah, it's 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 me seeing buttons and just pushing them. Sure. Just because. Right. Just because we're all having a laugh. I'll have a laugh at myself as long as you can. And he goes, "Do you do you know how fucking offensive that is to me?" I went. No, 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 I don't. I have no idea because I'm not you, man. I have zero idea. And on top of that, you took offense from me. Like, see that? What, was your what, what I said matters. Right. What What I say doesn't matter to my own fucking parents. Right. You, you want you? I'm actually stoked. You took me serious. Wow. All right. Let's sit down and talk about the housing crisis then, because we got a lot to talk about. Right, like, right. no, it, he. He was so incensed that I had had d- disregarded his opinion and put mine in its place. Oh, and it's like, you, you got to laugh because it's like, hey, man, I remember being 24. Right. And that's true. The, the fucking your your knuckles are bared for sure. every conversation. Right. And it's like, hey, let's take a step down. Let's take a step back. Exactly. And. Let's let's look at intent and 
that's another thing that I would love to look into more in this society yeah. is intent right. at one's words or actions. Right. I told you about going to that party on the boat in San Francisco. Oh, boy. Your terribly offensive costume? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I had an Assassin's Creed costume come in. It was very expensive. Didn't show up in the mail because of the shipping problems. So I'm in Michigan. I'm like, well, sitting I gotta, in the port off of Tennessee. I got a party I got to go to in San Francisco. Like as soon as my plane hits the ground, so I'll just go into this theatrical store and I got this, you know, the chic. You know, I'm thinking it's cheap, it's simple. It's By the just- way, bless you for going while you're out of town, going to a costume store and, and a theatrical <laughs> store right. rather than just being like, I'll go to the spirit store and just pick up some Freddy Krueger. Exactly, Garbage. right. No, you went and yeah, did, right? did your due diligence, yeah, man. Right? It was pretty cool. I thought I was I'm pretty proud of my costume, you know. I was thinking six foot six oil chic, chic yeah, yeah, oil billionaire. I didn't think any more into it. God, God if you only had some fake money to just throw oh, at people. Oh, right. Some, oh. some Monopoly money. Oh, yes. man. I had five guys come up to me while I was standing outside. Five? Five dudes, one leader. You know, and he started chanting something from Middle East that I don't know what the hell he was saying. And, hmm. you know, and I, you know, I'm thinking, well, I just, I just saw some uh, Vikings in there. I was not offended at all. Oh. Because that's my heritage. You, you mean Vikings aren't offended that other people are pretending to be them? I, I mean, I don't, I didn't, I, I, maybe it's my age. I didn't see it, but oh my God, these guys were so angry at me. Like they were threatening to throw me off the boat, you know? So I'm ready to fight as 55 and ready to fight a 25 year old. I don't know how far that's going to go in his four buddies, but by God, somebody's yeah. going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, the, what, <laughs> someone's coming with somebody's me if I'm going over, me, maybe yeah. two or three. Yeah. Hell know? yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, um, what, what are you prepared to get into that big of a fight over, uh, when it comes to that situation? Right. Well, I'm with my lady you know, and oh, who's this? He says, you know, and oh, that's my lady. Oh, this is your lady. He, you know, and he went to touch her. And then I think he got more of a, a wise idea in his head and he pulled his hand back because I, you know, it's like, that's where you cross the murder. Line. Yeah. Who's going overboard now? Oh. oh, this is your girl. Like, you know, it's like he's not thinking through what's going on. You know, he's thinking that I'm just a stupid white guy. Or whatever. No, no, he thinks that you're a Silicon Valley white guy. Right. That all you do is tick a tap behind your keyboard, yes. and you've never h- no held idea. a, you know, you've never held a 22 ounce hammer before. Oh, no and idea. N- no idea. And that's the thing. Right. Is you you can come at me all day, hit me with your best shot, sure, sweetheart. Exactly. That's fine. You look at my wife right. the wrong way, right? And we're gonna have problems. It just comes apart. It just, you know, there is, there is a fuse, right. there's a fusible link in there that right. snaps right. and, and you know what the age, right. the weed, exactly. it takes it down a little bit, but you got to go, what is your end game? What, right. what are you thinking? Okay. I'll take off my costume right here on this boat. I apologize. I'm there's gonna, not a chance in hell I would do that. I'm I'm going to send fifteen hundred dollars to the children of Palestine right. with my deepest apologies. Yeah. What do you want well, from I, this yeah, situation? Not a chance in hell. All, all you want to do is puff up in front of your girlfriends yeah. 
and right. or boyfriends or however Whatever, you, yeah, what that they they all whoever. Yeah. yeah and and but it's it's one of those what why get lost in this right. moment when we're on a party boat yeah right. like you know what but shit you know i'm a white guy you know, I, how I, dare you in this society? I know. And it's like, it, it is, I really do make sure I go out of my way not to offend people. And I always have because I'm human, not what? because I'm white. No, because, because you're I not a dickhead. The way that, you know, you just, you don't want to offend other people. Hey, that, that, that you guy, know? that guy's offended. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Did I do something directly? Yeah, that's it. That that's it. It's looking out for your fellow right. human being. Yeah. And but then I feel bad because I offended him. You know. Right. And and kind of because maybe I should know more about the Middle East. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> but the, with the litany of things that we could all know more about, right. I mean, right? It's it's burdensome. It it's is. It's burdensome to right. try. I remember as a kid, this is going to be a little bit of a walk, but I remember as a kid, uh, I drove by the local gas station with my mom. I was probably 10, so this would be 96, 97 wheelhouse. The local Shell station had uh, done the the chalk painting or whatever it is on all the windows around the holiday Uh season and had all the candy canes and Merry Christmas. And I said out loud, Mm. Well, that kind of discludes a few people yeah. that don't celebrate Christmas. Sure. And our neighbors, the Feldmans, don't celebrate. Yeah. And across the street, Amir and Azadeh, they don't celebrate sure, Christmas. Right. And mm, that's a little weird. And, you know, 1951 mom goes, yeah, well, they're Christians and they get to put up whatever they want. And I went, Okay, a little more forceful than I needed, but okay. But if everybody just kind of stayed in their lane just a little bit more, I feel like we could just not be so offended all the time. Exactly. And uh, I I had uh, a customer that when I was detailing cars, uh, he, he lived in the East Bay, Drove into San Francisco and he had a couple cars stashed mm-hmm. around. Sure. And he drove the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger full on big H Hummer <laughs> H1 oh. with a big capital <laughs> H on it, man. And this thing had the air down military tires. Oh, okay, right. I mean, this thing was a beast. And I drove it and it is a Six and a half mile per gallon diesel all wow. day. Like, oh, it's a diesel. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, big Allison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allison transmission, and uh, uh, I think it was a Cummins behind that thing, if I'm thinking correctly. But, right. anyways, I mean, thing was a big diesel, but it was painted a beautiful pearl black, mm. and he was just sitting at a stoplight, you know figuring out his next call or figuring out his next thing. And this lady had a purse with buckles all over it. And she was walking through the intersection. That was during one of the fuel crises who could remember, I think it was Gray Davis at this point and fuels getting towards $4 a gallon. Can you imagine? And, 
And so she starts screaming epithets and this, that, and the other, and he just rolls the windows up. Okay, thanks, thanks. And then she just starts swinging the buckled purse, and she got every inch of that paint that she could reach and scratched the hell out of this, you know, at the time, $70,000 Hummer with pearl black paint, and she didn't do anything to that guy but damage his pocketbooks. It took me 14 hours of color sanding to make the thing look right again. Did the insurance company cover it all? Oh, no, we don't go through insurance <laughs> companies. And, but it's, you know, to what end? So, so you didn't gross. prove your point to him. He hates your people more than ever now. Right. So... He's going to just put a bigger exhaust stack on the thing and spit more black smoke just to just to spite you. Right. So it it's I wish everybody could see just a little bit of their own medicine or a little right. bit through the prism that other people see sure. them because you wouldn't you wouldn't be so agitated. Right. And I think if you saw the rich guy that goes golfing on Sunday, mm-hmm. yeah. He might seem like a dick in a convertible Mercedes, but he's a hell of a philanthropist and gets all of his rich buddies to jump in on whatever autism awareness that he's working on. And hopefully if, and when we become wealthy, financially wealthy, I mean, we're filthy rich with laughter already, but we got to get the the odd fellows back going. Yeah, exactly. Remember the odd fellows, you know, those are all the rich guys that just went around doing amazingly great things and didn't claim any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just did it completely anonymously. Right. And it's like, well, what are all these, you know, lions clubs and, and stuff like that doing? I I hope that thing anymore. I don't think, you know, there's still a place in downtown PG that's a, Big building. I always wonder about what right. goes on in there yeah. because that's a piece of real estate. Man. Sure. But right. yeah, the, the odd fellows, yeah. why not have a group of philanthropists and, you know, Bill Gates is doing great things with his wealth. Sure. Right. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal recently said, uh, you know, I sat my kids down and said, uh, we are not rich. I'm rich. <laughs> you guys <laughs> are my kids right. and you're not going to get anything out of this. I think he put a dollar amount on it. Or if you want me to invest in your clothing company and your X, Y, or Z, give me a presentation. I'm a businessman, right? but I'm just not going to give you an open sure. checkbook. Right. That's not fair. There's too many of those kids buried in the graveyard, man. Oh dude, you want to talk about a quick way in and a quick way oh, out. Man. That's I've, I've seen it in this area and you I've bet. seen it in the area oh, that I lived yeah. at. Right. Even growing up in Michigan, I can't even, you know, tell the, the kid with the lake house and yeah, he, right. he went ice fishing one day and didn't just come back. Cocaine, just, you know, just stuff, you know, that yeah. the rich people have and that, you know, that, uh, I don't know. I was just too damn poor. Not that I wouldn't have done it as a kid. <laughs> well, and the, 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 the rich kids, I mean, the rich kids in my area, I, I drove a fast car because I bought a fast car because right. I paid for a fast yeah, car. Yeah. Like I, I saved since I was five and a half years old. I said, I want a fast car one day. Sure. So that's what I did. But you give a, you know, 70, 71 Mustang boss and he's going to wrap it around a tree, right, bowl, you know? Right, right. And 
you know, dad's going to get pissed and he's yeah. not going to be healthy for a while. And that's the way it goes. But same thing with the Coke sure. and the, oh, you can have your apartment and, right. you know, we'll, we'll pay it for you and oh, everything man, like I went that. to talk to my mechanic over there. I was looking for, I'd sold my little Mustang. I was looking for my, a little car for my daughter, you know, she'd get the kids around in and, and he had this BMW X5 up on the rack, and it was like... Oh, yeah, the SUV, that's yeah, right. right. Now, you know, it's like, dude, I only got 3500 bucks. He's like, ah, you know, this guy, he, he just wants to get rid of it anyways, you know. It's only got 120,000 miles on it. It's like brand new. Barely it's, broken it's, in at it's that an point. It's four, so it's got some years on it, you know. And it's like, how is, how is it possible that this guy could just give this to me? And he says, well, he bought it for his daughter who was going to get ready to go off to college. And she didn't like the way it steered or she bumped into a couple things with it because it was so big. So it sat in his driveway for eight years. And then he gave it to the guy that uh, that takes care of his Ferrari collection. So he drove it for a few, you know, a few years. And now he's just ready to get rid of it and just wants it out of his driveway. I'll take it, man. Sold. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I love living out here. Oh, n I mean. You could make a living just out of their trash. Yeah. Holy yeah, cow. It's amazing. That, they just throw stuff away, cars. I got a really cool leather jacket that I wore to one of my anniversaries. <laughs> That, what about. I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, the, the owner thinks this is garbage. And I took it home and I went, I, I put it on and I went, hey, honey, uh, to my wife. I went, hey, honey, what do you think of this? And she goes, oh, my God, that's beautiful. <laughs> right. Look at that. You get another 10 years out and, of that. Yeah, I, it's it's still sitting there. Right. It, we're, we're, I think, four or five years in. It's still sitting. Dude, man, wore it four times. He was like, ah, gotta get rid of that. I've seen me in yeah, it. Oh, no. It's, <laughs> I, I, I can't live in the past like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's, the, what's the dream? Where are you gonna end up? What's the dream? Where are we gonna end up? We, we talk a lot about uh, Washington. That's the state. Yes, okay. sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not the district. Please don't go there. <laughs> no. I visited there once and I'm, I'm good. I went there one time and uh, Ronald Reagan got shot that week. As I was walking down the road, it was like all these ambulances and cars rolling by. You were by. there that weekend? Yeah. I was standing, I was right around the corner. I was uh, walking to the Science and Industry Museum or something. I think it was an eighth grade. Like, yeah, 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 of course, of course it was. <laughs> and there was just sirens and Secret Service and everything. And then that one and time then, you went to New York, that's when Lennon got shot. Yeah, and just, you know, well, you, you are followed by. <laughs> that's one item. That's one thing in in, uh, in history that changed my life forever. The the Reagan assassination no, attempt. Oh, uh, Lennon. Lennon. Okay. You know, because at that time, I don't know exactly how old I was, but he was, was just like a symbol one. of peace. Totally. You know what I mean? And he was almost in my eyes as a young person, as somebody that like was Elvis that couldn't die. Right. You know, they're no, like no, an eternal. icon. Yeah. You know, and to think of a Lennon or, a, or, or Elvis just being dead, it's like, wait, what? Well, wrecks, and, you, wrecks something inside of you. No, 100%. And as uh, an impressionable young person, right. you have those moments where you go, Oh, I know where I was and I know who told sure, me. Right. And uh like I, I spoke to my mother previously about this. Uh JFK. Right. Uh it was uh Martin Luther King Jr. Uh the Challenger, you know, nine eleven. Right. That there are these huge key moments and 
that's in, you know, kind of political history. But when you ask like, oh, when did you know that blank, blank, blank? When when did you know that this era had kind of ended? Oh, it's when Elvis died. Right. Oh, it's when John Lennon was assassinated. Right. Outside right. this house right. next to Yoko Ono. I mean. Yeah, crazy. And it's it's one of those things that kind of defines a generation. Right. And it defines how how you kind of see the world around you. Because the rest you, of the humans. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're a symbol of peace. Right. Because of some guy that read Catcher in the Rye one too many right. times. And he... I, I read up a little bit sure. on, on the gen. I'm not going to use his name because yeah. I, I just, I don't need, need to repeat it. Right. But he, he tried to kill himself, which, uh, he tried, there was a fisherman walking by that saw the garden hose going oh, really? into the window. Right. Oh yeah. This was on Hawaii. Uh, one of the Hawaiian islands, I think Kona. And, um, he was sitting there at sunrise, ready to end it all. And this fisherman walked by and ripped the window down and Dang. and popped the door open. Yeah. And six months later, he assassinates John Lennon. Really? I think it was six or eight months, somewhere around wow. there. And it's like, that guy changed an entire generation. The fisherman. Um, yeah, the fisherman. But, the, but, <laughs> no, but you know, no. the, the guy that pulled the trigger that yeah, read yeah, the book yeah, too many right, times. Exactly, right. But he, he was so deranged that he went and killed this one guy, but that was the end of the peaceful generation. That was right. the end of the let's get together. That yeah. was. He, he that didn't was know what he end. was doing. I don't think he didn't I, know I don't, the ramifications of what he was trying to do. No, no, yeah, I don't, I don't think he could have be, seen it. He was just angry that he couldn't be popular. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's and about what it, it adds up down, to. He couldn't figure out how to be popular. So he was just going to take out somebody that was popular. Well, and he, he, and that from, from what I've read, he, he thought that John Lennon was a little bit of a lark as well. He thought that he was a little bit of a thief sure, and right. I mean, yeah, uh, everybody's a thief off the blues Please, and you know, you know, rock and roll is so not so the, many beats that can go around, man. So many beats, so many chords. And you know, obviously by modern music, we've already pass through all of them. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. And they keep coming up with new stuff, but it's just recirculating stuff from the 20s or 40s or, oh, yeah. you know, it, it really is. R- Robert Johnson and The Doors sound real <laughs> close in my exactly. book, brother. right. But, I, and and that's and the thing is, is knowing your impact. That's, yeah. a, that's a beautiful thought, right. is knowing your impact, how small or how big it could be. Yeah. And being nice to somebody on the street, that's a that's a nice indicator, or if you go to the extreme, right, taking the lives of one of the Beatles, right, and seeing the cultural impact of that. I mean, exactly right. You know, through through the the whole history, you know, thing that I went through, uh, I did too many deep dives on JFK and that whole assassination. Sure, right. And I've done a few of those myself. Yeah. Oh, I, I will not Is dive it, in. Was it Johnson? All right. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> that son of a bitch did it, didn't uh, he? <laughs> you heard it here first on what's next. What's next? <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Who gets sworn in on... Air Force One with the former wife of the previous president still with blood on her clothes. 
that that whole that it, it it was a debacle either way. Whoever right. handled it, I've I've heard multiple stories uh, from mafioso guys that. The the trigger was pulled from there, but tied in with Johnson, and tied in and tied in with Kennedy. Kennedy, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean who was he? Was one of the guys that was trying to shut down the banking systems? Oh, how deep does that go? Exactly. Could have and been, could have not, might not have been the mafia at all. Oh yeah. Well, and uh, you know, let's let's get out of Laos, let's get out of Vietnam, and let's I mean, shut down this on, multi-billion so dollar you know war machine, right, brother. Right. It. See, I didn't Nobody want to get into this. Nobody was happy with that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, and and the, that's the thing is, uh, you know, the the impact, whether how big or how small. Right. And I'm going to get back to it. You asked what's next, what what we're going for, and we got into Washington. Yeah, we went off uh, Washington D. Uh, yeah, yeah, what, Washington State, not so you, Washington D.C. You and the DC. wife are thinking about Washington State ending up there. So the, I mean. Currently, at this moment, knock on wood, yeah. hopefully there there are still houses to be bought for a, you know, uh, a dink family, a dual right. income, no kids. Right. We've got a couple of dogs that are, yeah. you know, right. pr- pretty needy. They think they're kids. They think they're kids. <laughs> they know they're kids. Um, but, you know, there, there's houses that are still priced appropriately. Sure. And... The 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 Under job three hundred thousand anyways. Come on. Oh my god. Give me a break. Get out of here. No. And so for for that reason, that's a beautiful thing. And uh the community that we're looking at, one of uh my best friends, uh, her family's from mm-hmm. there. Shout out Alex. And uh Are they going know, back up there or uh that they're still considering right. it because who wants to be that close to family? Yeah, but <laughs> but right. but you know you you have a beautiful area with all the amenities and you can afford it. Right. Whoa! Like it would take uh, me probably four and a half lifetimes to buy a house right. if I didn't spend any money. Sure. Like if I just you know, survived off of top ramen or bottom ramen. Right. If, if, if that's available <laughs> and I might be able to put a, a down payment for a house and then possibly afford the property taxes and the insurance that goes along with right. that here in California. Exactly. So what's next? I'm trying to invest. I'm, I'm doing my best to use whatever money I would have spent on, you know, going out with the boys or, you know, painting the truck or yeah, doing, right. doing whatever I was going to do. I'm trying to put that into an investment portfolio that I control and just try to see the trends, mm-hmm. try to see what's going on. And I, I looked at it before uh, I, I had my wife drive me over here today and overall I'm up 30 ish percent because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the trends from 120 feet back. I'm, right. I'm not the day trader that's sitting there going, Oh, I see yeah. they, they were down 4% last year or last quarter, but next month they, they ascend to be the next thing. No, I'm, I, I joke about it. I try to get my 2% every day. Yeah. I try to just get my, get my chip, right. Get, 
it's better than putting it in savings. Right. It's better than the 0.0016 BIP I would get off of having it in a savings account for with Wells or Bank of America or whatever it is. And really... It's the scratch out of living at this point, man. Yeah. I, I don't. And still be able to put that two pennies away, man. Right, right. I, I have no delusions of grandeur right. that, and I, seeing seeing my family, seeing multiple aunts and uncles and mm-hmm. parents have the big house, the big empty house sure. that nobody wants to visit because right. they hate your fucking attitude because you're at work so much or, right. or you know. Once the presents are done being unwrapped at Christmas, you walk into your office with the big high back leather chair and start counting your money. And yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I never wanted to be that guy. No. And, and my wife and I are super happy in a, in the, you know, we, we moved a couple, five months ago, one bedroom PG. Nice. If I, if I walk outside to have a cigarette, I'm standing in the street. I can see the ocean. Really? What more is there to life? Ah, you know, I mean, I, I, I have friends, uh, that, that I graduated high school with and you know, they, they have houses. Mm -hmm. Uh, not one of them has gotten a house and uh, no, no shade thrown. No, no, no issue. They have houses because their parents helped them with the down payment. Sure. But they in turn, have used their finances to make the house payments and the insurance right. and HOA and all the garbage that goes right. along with it. And they have houses. That's fucking great. Isn't that cool? All right. That's so cool. And I, I wish, but I don't wish mm-hmm. that, that, that could have happened. Right. But and I'm, I, I keep saying it over, you know, all the time. It's like, I just don't want to work that hard. That's it. I don't want a $700,000 house. Dude. You know, I mean, I don't want to sound like grandpa, but I I bought my first house for $53,000. My my mother bought her. very big. It wasn't a very big lot. No, 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 no. You know, the garage was not attached. Oh, how dare you? Tiny little house. It had two bedrooms. You peasant. Wasn't attached. Man, it was everything I, it was all all I needed, man. And I could put my, you know, small percentage or four or 10,000 or whatever the hell I put down on it. Yeah. you know? Well, and, and, um, my mother in, I think it was 71 in San Ramon, California. So East Bay, right. um, she bought her house for $32,000 Wow! and when they sold it, it was five times that amount. Probably felt like she got robbed when she first bought it too. Oh no, no, no. Uh, my grandfather went on the record. You're moving to a dust bowl. You're moving <laughs> to an area where no one's ever going to live. Right. Uh, the A&W root beer is still two years away from starting construction. Oh, yeah. Mercy. What How are you, are you doing? <laughs> There's not even an exit off the 680 freeway for you. But, you know, uh, seven years. Or no, no, no. Uh, that was probably uh, 12 years later. They sold it for five times that amount. I, they went on the record to say, Grandpa. <laughs> well, and and then, I mean, now if you look at that house, it's a corner lot, brother. Yeah. And in San Ramon, that, that's a great school district to be in if you oh, got kids. Right. So it's a $1.45 million house now. True. Should have bought about 10 of them suckers at $35,000. But, but 
do you want that liability that those guys that put the plumbing in kind of, you know, liquored up on Mickey's Big Mouse, right. you know, right. that they were doing that and <laughs> the the years have changed so much that and the 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 water pipe busts and now you're on the hook for, for sure. hundreds of thousands right. of dollars of right. work. Uh, you know, my my plumbing backed up in in the apartment a couple months ago. Called the landlord, said, hey, man, it's backed up. He said, oh, I can't make it out. I went, well, I'm calling an emergency company. And me and my wife watched a movie while these poor guys honked right. away at the exactly. at the thing. And when it was done, I, I sent off the bill and sure. said, well, you couldn't make it. That's it. But right. when it's yours, it's your problem, man. Sure. And I own a 67 truck. I don't think I want to own a 37 house from around here. No. Some you know, fi- fisherman's, you know, craftsman from 28. He that, might have put it together himself with all oh of his fisherman Lord. skills. Yeah, right, right. And and by the way, to pay, um, there was a house down the street from us. Uh, it was in the 93950 area code, yeah. Pacific Grove. And um, the asking price was $880,000. Mm. This was a weird kind of corner lot that kind of diamond. So it, it wasn't a full lot. It kind of diamond in the rear. Right. How weird. And uh, real well, weird. Up to like four other people's property that yeah. all yeah. different. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, no garage. Um, it was a two bedroom, one and a half bath, 880,000. And uh, it was framed out. Mm-hmm. So they ripped everything out except for the framework it needed a roof mm. and it needed plumbing. Mm. So for $880,000, I got a fixer upper on my hands. With a whole lot of fixing up to do. With a whole lot of fixing up that plumbing, I can't do. Yeah, I mean, you can put a roof on, a roof on but try. No, no, no. You could put a roof on. Yeah. I could watch you do it, brother. I. But when it comes to plumbing. I, I'd be sitting there doing, doing body work on the right. Lincoln. Like, hey, if good, I know good job how, on the roof. Even if I knew how to fix the plumbing, I wouldn't be able to because of the plumbing yeah the all the, all the ordinances and, all the, and yeah <laughs> we need a before inspection and after middle inspection and no and that that's yeah. $880,000 mm. and i at any point i don't want that liability i don't right. want that yeah. that you know uh all right let's go to vegas and i'm going to take out almost a million dollars and just start betting and start hoping that it works it out. The wind. Yeah, yeah. See what oh, happens. Man. Well, you just you know it it, it is a gamble because if you you know I've got got some friends that own houses that are seven to a million, you know, and it's like, well, God, I bought it for four. I could should be able to like sell that thing and make a profit. But in order to do that, you'd have to turn around and buy a house in the same exact market. And pay somebody else the extra three hundred thousand dollars above what they just paid for it, plus get outbid by a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, by these knuckleheads that are just trying to. And and that's that's the thing I that I even get that. Oh, and th- that's the thing that I didn't tell you about that eight hundred eighty thousand dollar house. So, um, family friend who's a, a real estate agent around here, mm. I said, keep an eye on this place, and if it comes down, we'll start. We'll start moving some chess right, pieces around, right. see what happens. I texted him like the next week, and he just sent back all the laughing emojis that you could 
Really? Pull up on an iPhone. How's and, that house coming? Is it mine yet? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he's and, just and, like, oh, <laughs> good one, brother. Holy smokes! And and I went, I went. So wh- what? What are we talking about? Like, wh- where are we at now? And he goes, there were eighty-seven different bids on that house wow. on that lot, and it went for one point one five million. Dollars. And started at eight five, eight five, and eight eight, and it was a damn near a wow. teardown at eight eight, and Holy it went crap. up another three hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred thousand. I can't even imagine buying a house for three hundred thousand. Uh, <laughs> preach, throwing it on top. Just uh, so you yeah, get yeah, the that, that's the that's upper. the additional for a fixer upper. So what is the what is their end game? Do they think that it's just going to keep going? They I, must. I well, from what I heard. Uh, the housing market in this area is going to Silicon Valley. So what has happened during the shutdowns and everything like that, everybody understands that you don't need to be at that meeting on Monday morning. Good point. Everybody can zoom in. Right. You don't need to be you here. Go down we'll set you up. Yeah, we'll set you up with a computer. And right. as long as you have high-speed internet and you can do your job, that's it. We don't That's need the way you of the here. future. No, preach. There's a way to make money on that wave. Oh, that that there definitely is, and somebody already thought of it. Right. Like if if we're thinking right. about it, we are a step and a we're half a behind home, them for sure. You know, <laughs> I remember calling when this first pandemic thing first hit. I called my buddy out. And I'm like, dude, we got to start making some like transparent masks. Oh. It was like you would send a, sell a million of them right now. Exactly. And he's like, it's already been done, dude. I'm like, are oh. just are you kidding me? And and I said, it's I like said, they just hit one of these people that do it for deaf people that uh, need to be able to sign, yeah. and then they just took that. And was like, oh, of course they did. Yeah. And and I I told my wife, I was like, I want to invest everything into DoorDash <laughs> and into into all the just food delivery, months. like whatever. We sure. need to put all our money. And I pull it up and everything had already spiked. Oh, exactly. And it's like, oh, right. all right, I'm I'm late to the game. I guess this is like yeah. Beanie Babies all over again, yeah, huh? Yeah, like it, was, it happened yesterday, <laughs> man. I'm like four months behind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you have any reads to do or anything? I I, I want to use the restroom real quick. No, I, just, okay. I just don't want to. Uh, I don't want to wreck the how vibe. Have you been here? Holy smokes! How long have I been here? Nine o'clock. Oh no! Oh, we got a couple of hours. I won't be able to have you back sometime. So let's just call it good here. And okay, covered some some good shit. Yeah, hell yeah, man! Yeah. I I cannot wait to come back. This is, by the way, a beautiful setup. This, this is all right, isn't it? This is great. Yeah. This is great. I, I I dig it a whole lot, and I I really want to tell you that I I really stand behind the entire uh, thought process behind the podcast. Yeah. What's next? That's great. because really, you know. My generation has a whole lot of a whole lot of chaps and gents and ladies that feel like we are the forgotten sons and daughters right. of this generation. Right. We are just the ones that make your right. hamburgers, the ones that yeah. change your oil, and we we're, we're left, uh, you know, uh, keep keep paying your apartment payments and keep paying your car insurance and. Uh, one day you'll get old and uh, we'll figure that out then. And, uh, you know, who knows if social security is going to be there. I don't want to end this on a down, on a downturn, but, but there's so many things that we 
collectively at, should be looking out for, but everybody's kind of so spread out, but kind of doing their own thing right? that it makes it hard to get a good front going forward. And uh, I've, I've seen some of the, uh, you know, infrastructure bills getting passed and that's great. Right. Um, I've seen a lot of the minimum wage stuff getting passed and that's great. Right. But when gas is over five bucks a gallon and anybody that, that works in this area has to live at least 40 minutes outside of work. I mean, I'm one of the lucky few that lives in town it's really, really fucking hard yeah. for those people to make something of themselves. Right. And we're, we're, we're still in kind of the 1966, like, ah, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get moving. And, Dude, and I was born. Oh, no shit. It was. You beautiful bastard. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Hey, <laughs> my, my brother was born in 68, so yeah. we are brothers from another mother. I can tell you that much. Right but it's it's one of those that I I just, I hope that, that talking about it like this will let some people see mm. really how, how difficult this can right. be. Just, I mean, dual income, no kids. I'm not wearing a Rolex. I'm right. I'm not flashing my money. Right. We're not going on lavish vacations. Fucking vacations. What's that? What's that, brother? Right. I get, if I miss work, I don't get paid. Right. So exactly. it's 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 interesting to see the previous generations mm-hmm. and how the '80s coke fueled days and the '70s just kind of laissez blah. But we're right. in in a gas crisis kind of stage. That crisis probably looks light compared to ours yeah like nixon looks light compared to right uh the 45th president um covered a lot of a lot of good things today you know and and uh one you're kind of i don't know if whether you consider yourself a millennial or just kind of between me and the millennials somewhere that lost little generation in there yeah i dig it man how i was raised uh, i mean dad born in 38 mom born in 51 oldest brother born in 68 I don't feel like a millennial, but I'll stand with them yeah. because I live with all of them. I work with all of them. Right. And yeah, because I, I know more about, you know, Gene Kelly and yeah. you know, and stuff like Gene that. And, Gene you know, Autry. How, I, it, how do I know this shit? <laughs> right, right. That, that doesn't matter. It matters that we all need to buckle down and yeah. help each other and help society Yeah, because I, I have a bunch of friends with kids. Uh, I I've chosen not to have kids mm-hmm. because I don't I don't know what's coming next. Right. But I want to help my my goddaughter. Right. I want to help my yeah. nieces and nephews. Right. I want to make this not such a a battle just yeah. to just to live the day right. by day. So I can honestly say I cannot wait until the next time we sit down here at this table. This was fantastic. And I hope I didn't ramble too much. Not at all. <laughs> That's what this whole thing's about, nah, man. Let's no, I sit can down and ramble, man. That's what it's all about. <laughs> you know? All right, brother. Hey, thank you. All right.